Hey friends, welcome to The Jill Monaco Show. I'm your host, Jill, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm a speaker, author, and life coach. Some weeks I share what God is teaching me, and other times I invite a friend to join me on the podcast and we chat about what it means to love God, love ourselves, and love others. Here we go. Well, hello, friends. It's been a few months since I've released a new podcast, and I've been hearing from so many of you asking when new ones would be posted. So I am thrilled to say we are getting back on track with the podcast. I recorded podcasts in a professional studio, the same one where I record as a professional narrator for books. You may have seen me mention that on social media. But COVID shut it down and I didn't have the home equipment to do it. But now I created a home studio and so I look forward to having more guests on the show. Now, if you want to take advantage of all the things I've been doing since the break, head over to jillmonaco.com and sign up for my email list. I send out a quarterly update about all the things the ministry is doing. Now, 2020 has been jam-packed with good stuff for you to take advantage of. I've been teaching through online events and as a guest on some other podcasts as well. Plus, I launched some new mentorships to help people grow in intimacy with God and hear His voice. And those will launch again soon, and insiders get first dibs on the very, very, very limited spots. I'll share more about that on a different podcast, so be sure to subscribe to the show so you can hear about it later. Okay, so my guest today is Jessica Hoddle. She and I met in a business group called Better Collective. As a faith-based business coach, podcast host, speaker, and author, she teaches women how to dismantle the lies that keep them from healing and wholeness. She believes it's time to patiently run your race of grace towards freedom in spirit, soul, and body as you partake in the journey of undoing and becoming who you are in Christ. If you've been listening to past episodes of this podcast, you know that I love to help people hear God's voice, and a big part of that is because He helps us by uncovering lies and replacing them with His truth. That is a key tool for walking in freedom. One of the ways that I love to do that is through coaching. So I blend hearing God exercises and prayer with traditional coaching tools. So if you are interested in meeting with me, I am taking new clients now. You can reach out to me at jill at jillmonaco.com. You know, Jess really is on this freedom train with me. We both are passionate about helping people be who God created you to be. Jess and I are doing something really fun. You'll hear part of our conversation here on the Jill Monaco Show, where I interview her, and the rest over on her podcast, What's God's Truth, where she'll interview me. So be sure to head over there when you're done here. Okay, are you ready to hear my chat with Jess? Let's go. Hey, Jess, thanks for being on my podcast today. I am so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's so good. You know, I followed you on social media. I think we connected through a friend and uh, I'm like, this girl so totally gets me. She's talking about the stuff I love. And so it's like, I follow you because I'm just so inspired every single, you're so good at social media and making sure we're all encouraged every day in the Lord. So thanks for what you do. Yeah, no, thanks for just being there. I think that's what I always like to say is like, hey, like, thanks for reading my long novel post sometimes. <laughs> 
because uh, you know somebody told me like maybe you should try to shorten them sometimes and I'm like oh. but how <laughs> I have so but much yeah. to say yeah yeah <laughs> I mean people are going to enjoy you on the show today as we just talk about all these um the lot we're going to talk about lies women believe um and it's not just women right it's lies people believe and you do a great job on your podcast tell um if you would tell my audience to you know a little bit about you so they can get an idea of who you are yeah, of course. So I am 32 at the time of this recording. I married my husband. Uh, we've been together for six years, married for four. We met on eHarmony. Uh, we I didn't don't... know that. That's so cool. <laughs> so fun. Uh, we have we don't have any kids, but we have three cats and we want more, but we don't want to turn into the crazy <laughs> cat people. Uh, I have been working from home since I was 24. I started my first fitness business at 22 and I was working full time and just kind of hustling and working multiple summer jobs at the same time and teaching fitness classes and being a personal trainer and just trying to do all the things that I thought I had to do. And one thing left after another of my childhood and trauma and pain and I turned to men first for validation and worth. Then I turned to my business to for people to tell me I was smart and I could do all the things. And then I turned to money and career and basically anything and everything. My body was another one to tell me, well, how much am I worth? And this theme kind of started to happen in my life where I was writing what I feel but I would always be like, well, what's the truth to this? We see it in the scripture where it's like, especially in the Psalms, we were talking about the Psalms, but yeah, it's like, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm feeling. And then they would go, but I praise you, God, you know, they right. just kind of like let it out. And that's how I got what's the truth was I would always say, here's what I feel, but what's the truth to what you feel? And I would do that with my clients and I would talk with that with my clients and started with me first. That's how the podcast came to be. And that's really why I started addressing all kinds of lies and changing the narrative and challenging the narrative that we believe. That's so good. And on this podcast, on the Jill Monaco show, we talk about how to love God, love yourself, love others. And so this may focus a little bit on how to love yourself. And I've gotten a little pushback um, from people on that because we're supposed to love God and love others. But tell me your thoughts. Like, I think Personally, I'm like, if I don't know how to love myself, I can't give away something. I I can't love other people well. What do you think about that? I don't know. I think it can go either way. It's, for me, it always starts with God first. Right. Because then everything out of that flows. And it starts with God. Then I can look at myself. I can only love myself according to what I know God's love to be. Exactly. And I always tell women that if we look at the love chapter in the Bible where love is kind, love is patient, it does not envy, it does not boast. I then can go to myself and go, well, am I being kind to myself? Am yeah. I being patient with myself? Do I have envy? Do I have, you know, all the things that that chapter starts to spill out? Because then that means that I'm reflecting God's love and kindness towards myself. But right. I can only know and know love to the degree that he, that I read and know his love because it says that he first loved us, which Amen. is why we love uh, so yes, loving yourself. I don't say it that way necessarily. I like to say being kind to yourself, um, mm. being patient with yourself, because uh, loving yourself can really 
make people feel weird. And then they think that's the goal. But I just like right. to say, I mean, I totally understand what you're saying. I like yeah. to break it down though, for people to be like, no, we love because he loved and we can understand love and how to re put that back on ourselves. Like, am I reflecting Christ in myself, like in myself, kindness, yeah. patience, goodness, am I being a fruit of the spirit to other people? And that's a really good measure. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I always say that what comes to you is cultivated in you and is communicated through you. So yeah. if what's coming to you isn't your sources in God and you're not loving yourself the way he loves you, then you're not going to be able to love others because you really don't know what pure love is and what God's love is to to love people in the same way or like your words be kind, be patient mm-hmm. uh, towards others. So yeah, I think it's a it's a uh, you have so much wisdom around it, mostly because you've gone through some hard stuff. Like, it doesn't seem like every time we we have a, a a voice on something, it's been like, man, but man, do you know what it cost me to get this revelation? <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. So um, you talked a little bit about um, just looking for your worth in different places. And yeah. it seems like you've experienced a few that maybe some people just struggle with getting their worth through a relationship or they are workaholics and they get it through their work. What was the turning point for you since you kind of tapped in all three areas there to really start realizing I am not looking to God for my worth and to these other things? Was there a crisis point for you, so to speak? I think every area had its own turning point, you know, of whether it was body, men. Uh, I wrote Know Your Worth that whole year, it's a chapter in the book called A Year from Hell. It was the first chapter I wrote, but it's like chapter 11 or something in the book. And I had come to the end of myself. I had dated a sociopath for only two months and it wrecked my world because I wanted to be the girl that won. And there was, you know, at the time I was trying to get his attention, there was like two girls and I would go to his house and there'd be multiple wine glasses. I knew that weren't for me. And, you know, just things that I allowed to happen because I he was so good looking and he quote unquote loved the Lord and he just wrecked me in so many ways. And I think that was for the relationship. And I had to come, I came to the end of myself and said, finally, like, I can't, I can't do it my way anymore because it's not working. Yeah. And I spent that year basically trying to get men to love me. Wow. And bought for my body, the physical side, I was coming up from a back squat and it was a weight that I had always done before. So it wasn't new. My trainer was right there and yes, fitness people get trainers. <laughs> I don't have to think about it, but I, I love training with somebody and I was coming up from the squat and my hips gave out and I couldn't walk by the end of the night. I was, couldn't uh-huh. go up my stairs to bed. And I just remember thinking, will anybody love me if my body changes? Mm. Because I used my body for attention. It was the thing that got compliments. You were, I was so muscular and, and all this stuff. And what would men think of me now mm. that if my body changed in two weeks, I had this perception that if I didn't work out X amount of days, I was going to lose all my muscle and it was going to turn to all this fat. And I started believing that. So that was just you know, my body. And that was an example of, you know, men where I just came to myself and was like, okay. Yeah. So you mentioned your book that you wrote, Know Your Worth, and I've recommended it to some of my coaching clients and they've really enjoyed it. So give it, you know, 
tell people that are thinking about this subject, like, oh, this might be me. How would that book help them? I think for me, the the subtitle of the book is about conquering your past for a powerful future. Is It's a really starting point for me to help women say, here's all the places we put our idols and here's your starting point of your worth in Christ. It's not in all the things that we put our worth in our past because we always think that what was will be. Mm-hmm. And I'm all about, you don't have to live from how your parents treated you. If you're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, and you're still blaming your parents for the way that you are, there's change that can happen there. And that comes with healing. And that is really the whole part of the book is kind of this awakening and coming to yourself of, okay, I, here's, a, here's a glimpse of my past. Here's my body. Here's men and relationships. And here's my business. Here's all of that to say there's something better for you. Yeah. What was the thing that, um, or what did you do to start shifting your mindset away from that thinking that your worth was in men or your body or career? Yeah. I want to also preface, I didn't know the Lord. So I was 22 Okay, and I didn't grow up in church or anything like that. When I found the Lord, my cousin introduced me to him. I started doing the the Christian checklist things that made you feel kind of good. You know, I would tithe a little (laughs) bit and I'd go to church a little bit and kind of cherry pick scripture. Oh, what is going to make me feel good? Or, you know, what can I understand? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And everything was out of context. I didn't understand anything. I just thought this feels good. Okay. And I stayed there for a long time because I was living, I lived with three different guys. Um, I always say not the same time, (laughs) you know, I would live with a guy for two years, live with another guy for two years. And I had a spiritual father come into the picture through, um, a mastermind that I was in and I met him through this mastermind. And it was through that, through PJ that led me closer to the father because he was a father I didn't have. So he was speaking life. He was challenging me. He was giving me my crap back, you know, like (laughs) calling me higher. And it was just been such a blessing. I had him for five or six years, just coaching me through all of this. And he's still in my life now. We have, it's a different relationship now uh, because I'm more like spiritually mature, emotionally mature. But yeah, I had him really in the picture because even after I knew the Lord, I was still having, I was still having sex outside of marriage and living with a guy. And it took me three to four years to really begin to go, oh, okay, this is what it means to live out truth. So I, you know, broke up with a boyfriend. He moved out. I didn't live with another guy. I stopped, you know, I was reborn in my purity twice because when I dated the sociopath, so many things happened there. And it was just kind of this journey that uh, I started. So getting out of it was reading the word and my spiritual father really kind of speaking a lot of truth to me. Well, what I love is what you really shared is a journey that so many people, at least what I've talked to, think, well, you get saved, you should live this Christian life that we're told. And when you've, I was like you, I didn't get saved till my uh, early mid thirties. So, and I lived with people and had a very similar experience. That's why I love this topic of my value and worth. Um, being as an actor, I got weighed in every week for a tour I was on. So what I looked like was a matter of my job too. Would I get that role or not? 
And, um, and so I didn't value my body very much or I only valued it to the, you know, what everyone else said it was worth. Yeah. And, um, but I remember when I first got saved, I said to my best friend, (laughs) and I just want to say, bless her heart, not in the mean way, like the Southerners say it, (laughs) but like totally, she was so patient with me. Cause I was like, I just don't understand why sex is wrong. Like I just flat out still sleeping with my boyfriend. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. So I don't really believe it. And it was a process for God to show me what purity meant like and how he was for us in that he wants to protect our hearts because like we, that's a whole other subject we could get down. But I think what people need to hear is what you said. It was a process just because you messed up again with the sociopath yeah. doesn't mean you didn't love God. You were still in the process of renewing your mind in that area, right? Oh yeah. And healing. I, I had to be responsible for my own healing. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't just sit back and pray for it to happen. I actually had to walk through it. And I think that that's what keeps us like so many of us are viewing our life through our pain and not through the lens of the gospel. Yeah. And that's why it's like healing. It's re- like the gospel is creation, fall, redemption, restoration. That's the meta narrative of the Bible. We see it over and over and we are in redemption time and he's a restorer. You know, those words mean something and it's not about um, just, I, I heard this, I read this this weekend. Oftentimes we look at salvation as just being kind of um, like just saving us like, okay, we're going to go to heaven. But when we did salvation, it was transformational. That means that our life should change. Right. Because of the gospel. Right. It doesn't just conform to the world. And it's not like we, we live, we actually have a brand new nature. We still can sin, but our nature is in Christ now. And so I have sometimes a trouble when we keep saying we're sinners saved by grace because we do sin, but we're not sinners anymore because in Christ, we are an heir. We're part, we are in part with him. We have the mind of Christ. Like our whole nature changed. Preach it girl. <laughs> and that, that is something that I think has kept us in this. Well, I'm just, I'm just going to sin anyways. Like I'm just born to sin. And right. we sit back and we just kind of accept pain and we accept it that this is the way of life. And I like to challenge that. You know, I like to challenge the narrative of suffering is real. It's scripture. But I think we don't have to stay mentally in the suffering. Because I think we see that in scripture with Paul and everything where his world outside would be falling apart and things would be happening. But inside, he's like, I'm cool. Like, yeah. I know where I'm going. You know, of course, that's not how he says it. But right. internally, we can be at peace despite what's going on externally. And that is really the maturing, but that's also healing as well. Yeah. I love what you said about, um, you said something about pain versus the gospel seeing, and we need to, our pain can tell us a story if we let it. It can be our filter for everything that we do and see in life, or we can let the gospel tell us the meaning of events that have happened instead of the pain telling us the meaning. Um, And I think that really goes into the heart of your podcast, which is um, uh, to tell everyone about the title of your podcast and and why you talk about lies and truth. Because I think that's so powerful. Our source, whether it's a lie or a truth, um, the enemy lying, God telling the truth um, is kind of that pain versus gospel um, idea. Yeah. 
Well, I, for me, what's the truth is that's what's called. It's called what's the truth, but it has like a, um, a little thing called God, God's truth. Yeah. It has like a little arrow up. And it was this idea to help women challenge the narrative that they believe to change the way they live. And mm-hmm. I've talked to so many women that have not even thought to challenge why, why are they thinking like that about their body? Well, it's just because, well, for my whole life, I've just thought this is the way it has to be because that's what I've always heard. And for me, that is where I get frustrated is just because lies become so like truth because we believe them for so long Yeah, that they just, we just think, well, this is just the way my life is. Yeah. Instead of being like, well, why is it that I respond this way? Why do I lash out on my kids? Why do I get angry? You know, every time somebody makes this comment about money or my body, because it's a reaction. It's not just the way that you live. It's a response to something deeper inside. That's why I came up with what's the truth is I want to address all these lies and you're going to be on the podcast. I mean, you go right over to my podcast because you're going to heal Jill as well. Talking about a lie that it is my fault. And I wanted to address lies because it's, something we all say, like, it's my fault, or I am broken, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not qualified. And those are a lot of the lies that I talk about, like the most popular ones. But it's like, it's supposed to be easy, you know, following God. It's like, that's a lie. (laughs) lie. (laughs) Uh, But that is really why I do that, because I want women to get a different perspective Mm -hmm. of why they're thinking the way that they're thinking. What did you find in, in all the podcasts you've done? Which are the ones that women have written you and said, oh my gosh, this is so me. What do you think are the most common lies women believe? I think the ones that are the most common always go back to our identity, which is we hear a lot, the good enough, I'm not qualified, I don't feel worthy, mom guilt. Uh, that was one that was really popular. I'm a bad mom. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and uh lies like I'm too old, too young, and I'll never be good enough. That was another one. And it's just, I think the lies are so unique to everybody because depending on where you are in your life and the journey you're on with the Lord, I think that like your, your lie, Jill, it's not my fault or it is my fault. Mm -hmm. I think is just so powerful that we talk about it because so many women have probably felt like it is their fault, like everything Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's their fault. And then what happens is we start to blame and we start to become passive and we start to become passive aggressive mm-hmm. and we kind of shudder at speaking up or having an opinion. And that's yeah. why I'm kind of like, well, why, why do we believe this? Why do you think that? Yeah. yeah. One of the, my favorite things to do in coaching with people around that is if someone is, you know, if I'm hearing them repeat something, um, I'll say, well, what makes you think that's true? Well, what if that wasn't true? What if that wasn't true? What would your life be like if that wasn't true? And people can start dreaming of a life without that lie. And then we can kind of go, well, when was the first time you really believed that lie? And I lead them through an inner healing exercise to meet with God and find out the first time. It may not, but maybe it's rejection and it wasn't the first time you were rejected, but it was the first time you came into agreement with that lie. And we can break those agreements. Um, so I love what you're doing in that. And, and ex- in, if we can see what the truth is, then, and that brings us hope, we can most often let go of the lie even a little bit more and move our way towards the truth, right? Like towards what the gospel and who God says we are. 
Yeah, I like to always help women decipher because the question I always get is, well, how do you know if it's a truth and how do you know if it's a lie? Especially if it's yeah. been so ingrained. Yeah. Well, one, the only way we know the truth is if we read our Bible and people oh. probably hate that answer because they're like, that doesn't help me. <laughs> I'm like, actually, if you read your Bible, it'd really help you because right. then we would, you could learn God's character. You can learn that he's yes. a God of order. He loves restoring. He loves justice. You know, he loves all of these things. But I always like to say that a lie will bring, bring destruction in your thoughts, in your life. Is it making you kind of, you know, hunch over? Is it giving you a headache when you think about these thoughts? Um, do you kind of go in a spiral down and everything just gets worse? And do you start to tell yourself like, my life sucks. And this, you know, it always happens to me. Like your, your lie will tell you like whatever you're thinking, the lie will always bring destruction of some kind. It's just like what the John 10, 10 says, yeah. you know, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Is your thought bringing something that kills an idea that kills a dream? Is it something that tries to steal from you? You know, yeah. even friendship, you know, oh, she didn't text me back. You know, is he trying to take you away? And then I say the truth always brings restoration and healing. So mm -hmm. with the truth, if you're thinking a thought that's pure, good, right, noble, it's going to probably get you more excited or it's not going to lead to something that is obviously destruction. It's going to make you feel probably joy. And it just always is about reconciliation. You know, is it, are you pursuing your friend even if she didn't text you? Are you thinking and assuming the best of her? You know, those kind of thoughts we'll see and go, okay, this is a thought based on truth because it's leading me towards healing, yeah. restoration, redemption. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It's the fruit of the thought. Yes. Yep. If you can identify the fruit, you can identify the root. Yeah. So, oh, that's I mean, powerful. scripture tells us that we, we will know something by its fruit. Right. We will know a true tree by its fruit. And I think if we can look at that in our lives and how it affects us, then yes. Yeah, that's so good. You know, so you keep saying when you work with clients. So are you talking about like, you know, just for people who are listening, if they need some help here, is this in person when you're working out with them? Is this phone calls, coaching? Explain how you help people. I typically help people in a small coaching group setting, um, like five people usually kind of in a group. So it's more of the coaching without the one-to-one -one coaching. Uh -huh. I don't so like, I don't promote that I do one-to-one, -one, but if somebody reaches out to me and wants more in-depth one-to-one, then they can pay per hour and we do like a package price. But typically it's more in a small group setting. Um, or, you know, if I do a kind of speaking, I would want it, it'd be like retreats or a gathering or stuff like that. But typically it's the small group or if they request it, it would be uh, the one-on-one. Okay. And we actually work together a little bit on, you're yeah. going to be speaking at an event next year, speaking of events. And what's really great about Jess, for anyone who's looking for a speaker, she can not only speak on these topics, but then she can lead fitness stuff. So you're like okay. doing all this incredible thing yeah. for this retreat. You're like got multiple hats. Yeah. I'll be leading uh, a strength and stretch in the morning at like 7 a.m. I love being a fitness instructor. I taught classes and personal trained for six years. And then I met my husband and I had to move and like, it's just stuff happened. Yeah. And then I got certified in revelation wellness again to be an instructor. And now it's just kind of when I feel like the Lord opens the doors or like at retreats or events or things like that, where I'm like, just can get right back into it. 
Yeah. And then you've, you know, you start speaking more and God is opening doors for that. And it's been so fun just to watch that and just see what God's done in you and brought healing so that you can now give that away. Uh, Jess, I, I love so much of what you're saying and how you're helping people. I really want people to, who are listening to know where to follow you because you are putting out such great content, free content on social media, but give us your website and all those goodies. Yeah. I love hanging out on Instagram. It's probably my favorite right now, but of course I'm on Facebook as well. In case you don't do Instagram, you can find me at Jessica Hoddle on Instagram, Facebook, Jessica Hoddle 22. And uh, I have a great freebie about identity. Five lies women believe about uh, their identity. And that's on the website as well. And I know you'll have it in the show notes, but JessicaHoddle.com is the website. Awesome. Yes. I will leave all those links for you folks in uh, the podcast show notes so that you can connect with her. Jess, thanks so much for chatting today about the lies that we believe and how to overcome them and embrace God's truth. It's been awesome to have you on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and make sure you guys go listen to my podcast, What's the Truth? Because if you haven't already, Jill will be there talking about the lie that it is my fault. So we're excited to see you over there too. Oh, yes. Don't check that out, everybody. I want you to hear. I'm going to share some vulnerable things over there. So, all right, friend, I will talk to you soon. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Jill Monaco Show. To hear more episodes like this, be sure to subscribe to the show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed and it'll be ready when you are. And if you'd like to help me continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description and you can give to support the show now. Now listen, since I took a break from podcasting, I have one small dilemma. The algorithms don't like it. So I could really use your help. If you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, it would help the different podcasting platforms know I'm active again and suggest the show to more people. I'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much for doing that. You can find out more about Jess, too, when you go to jillmonaco.com slash episode 62. Just click on the show notes and you'll find all the links that we mentioned today. Thanks for tuning in today, my friends. And remember, love well. You were made for it.